Welcome to Licensed Psychologist, Now What? A podcast about the journey psychologists and psychotherapists go through as they reclaim their intuition and unleash their healing gifts while maneuvering getting licensed, life, and making a living. And although this podcast host and many of the guests are mental health professionals, the information provided is not meant to be a substitute for being diagnosed and treated by a licensed mental health, medical, and related professionals, or for supervision and or consultation purposes. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Licensed Psychologist. Now what? This is your host, Dr. Lidiana Garcia, and today I'm going to do a solo episode. And I'm going to start with saying thank you. As we're in the holiday season, ending 2021, this being a very intense year. In many ways, it even feels more intense than last year. I don't know if you're also feeling that same way, but I know in my case, I've been feeling that. So I want to, you know, also let you know that if you've experienced a more intense year, that know that you're not alone. I'm also here, even though we're not together. You understand. (laughs) And I also want to say thank you for all of you for listening to this new episode, this new endeavor that I shifted in the summer. And I know I kind of share a little bit of why and all that. But in this episode, I'm going to be talking about what I've discovered to be my medicina right at this moment in time in life. (laughs) I was going to say it all together, but it didn't come. But I'm going to share a little bit more about that, the findings that I've had this year and the things that I'm shifting, the things that have got in the way of me, not only realizing my medicina, but bringing it forward into the world and making peace with it. So that's what today is about. So let's begin. First, I'm going to start sharing about my medicina in English medicine. So something that I've always known about myself is that I am a multi-passionate person. When I got and I studied the PhD, and I probably share about this in my story in the part three, when I started my PhD program, I always knew I wanted to do several things. I didn't want it to just be a full-time therapist. That was not, that's something that I don't enjoy. And it's not that I don't enjoy it. Let me clarify. It's just, it is too much for me. And I knew from the get-go that it was something not sustainable. And it has been even more prominent that it's not sustainable for me to be a full-time therapist after having my children. And then this year, it's even even more because I'm already going through so much, raising a baby and a six-year-old and all the cumulative stress that I've had in 2020, the limited resources and help the continued stressors out there, the continued limited help. So all of that have contributed to this sense of deep, overwhelming, entire, and and not wanting to, or not being able to provide my best self if I am doing more than a certain amount of sessions per day. Or even as a trauma specialist, like if everyone will be doing trauma work at the same time, it is a lot for me. Any other sensitive healers or empath healer out there, you probably understand and this probably resonates with you as well of how hard it's been this year 
to provide your healing services while also going through so much, while also being a caregiver, in my case, a mom, I was breastfeeding part of it. You know, it's been too much and with very little rest, very little time to for me to do the things that I love and enjoy because a lot of those things required going to places that were closed, that it's hard still to go, like a spa or something like that. So all that to say that in the summer, I had a big awakening to this is not sustainable. And I get the senses when I start feeling more irritable, difficulties falling asleep. Around that time, my baby started sleeping through the night, but I was not sleeping. And I know that is a very normal phenomenon for mamas and caregivers, but I knew something else was getting in the way. And and then I started hearing this internal voice, like shift your business into another of your passions until you feel that you can have more support to continue doing what, you know, the other podcast, the Beyond Resilience Live in terms of like general population, trauma-informed information and, and services and even offerings. My intuition was just guiding me like right now, you don't have the support to continue doing that kind of healing into the world in that scale. So then I started like, not a super, you know, dark night of the soul, but I did go through questioning and wondering, what should I do? And around that time, I joined the program Devotional Leadership Council with Nisha Mutli, and I met other sisters that have very different businesses, but that has been really helpful to share with them in a very honest of everything that I'm going through. And at that time, Nisha was expecting and had her second baby recently. So there was also that connection of someone that kind of knew in a way what I'm going through and still had a business. So that was also something that I was seeking out. So around that time is when I started thinking, I want to start focusing on therapists and healers that are also wanting to bring their medicinas into the world, but have no idea how to, and that are kind of stuck in feeling like they can, that they're not able, that not knowing. And because I love supervising and I love, and the part that I love about supervising is not necessarily, I mean, I love teaching the skills and seeing them grow, but what I love is helping the supervisee feel that they're like good enough and also to highlight their own medicina because each of them were very unique all the ones that I've supervised. And I love helping them tap into that power, even while still in school, because of all the indoctrination that you're not good enough until a paper permits it and gives you a license or something. There's so much hurdles that psychotherapists, psychologists have to go through to get their degree. And a lot of those hurdles include feeling like shit. That's basically part of it is feeling like you're not good enough, feeling like somebody else is judging your work, criticizing why you didn't do this technique, why you didn't do that. So when I supervise, I love also helping them see their strengths and building on their strengths. That was my favorite part. And I love when I supervise them for a year because it was usually around month eight that I was able to start seeing that little transformation, that little click inside their mind and soul of, oh, 
I'm, I'm good at this. I'm good at, you know, X, Y, and C, and I can use that. Yes, there's still areas of growth, but there's something that I'm good at. And like, I'm good enough for this profession. So then I was thinking of all of that. I kept hearing that internal voice of shift and focus on this. And I had during that moment, I had the mentorship that I was running, but I was thinking of launching something else for the general population. And in my voice, it was like, uh uh-uh. So I listened. And that's one of the first things that it's the hard for us to not only acknowledge our medicinas, but then to listen to that internal voice. And I've discovered that what I, something that I love now, if you take it out of the academia, out of supervising, is helping psychotherapists and healers reconnect with what got them here into this profession. Because it was like an internal calling, unless they were forced to, you know, those are the ones that I'm not working. I'm working with the ones that felt the calling to get into this profession. So I love assisting them in reconnecting with their voice, with their purpose, with their soul, with their calling, and then finding ways of bringing that into the world. And a lot of times, finding it is one step and then figuring out all the hurdles, all the things that are getting in the way, like fear, not feeling confident enough, difficulties with stressors and not having enough time, and so many, many other things. But like, navigating those things and creating plans so they can start taking action toward their sole purpose. And by doing that, they're not only reclaiming who they are, which I love that part, but they're also touching other people because when they're bringing out into the world what they came here to do, especially right now, then we're also having more healed people. And when we have more healed people, then those are the folks that you might interact in your day-to-day if you, like teachers, if you go to the bank, all that. So the more that we connect and we heal, then we're also helping each other. So that was the way that I was seeing that I was making a ripple effect that was going to grow and grow. So I started doing that. And some of you might be like, but how do you know that? Honestly, it was a lot of like, sitting in quietness, exploring. And I, we, we did a cacao ceremony as part of, of the mastermind that I was. That was really helpful. And then I continued to connect with cacao. I do like my own little rituals. It was also like connecting with the soul of my business. There was a lot of like in the back end work that I continue to do because it's still unfolding. I'm just sharing this as it is in the middle, but it's still not completely clear, which is another important thing because a lot of people feel like they have to have the whole staircase before they jump in or they open the door and start walking up. And I don't. I'm sharing this even not having that. And part of me didn't want to share this because I still don't have the clear picture of of what is, you know, like more of my medicina. But I wanted to do it in the midst of it because I've been seeing that importance and I've been hearing about also sharing when you're in the midst of it. Because a lot of people wait until they're already in that other side and then you hear their stories and that can make you even feel like I cannot be there because they're right there and I'm here. So it creates a bigger separation. So I'm taking the courage to share right now as I'm unfolding this so you can see the process and maybe there's separation between where I am or where you think I am versus where you are if you're listening is smaller and it feels even more visible to take your action. So going back, the stare is not completely 
Like I cannot see all the steps. I'm just going to share the steps that I have seen and the steps that have the challenges that have come. Because it's not like you take an action and then everything is like shines and the light is guiding you towards where you need to go. That's not how it goes. At least it hasn't been for me. And at the same time, a lot of great things have happened as a result of that, as a result of taking that first step and even seeing like steps to the side. Sometimes it's a lateral move before going up or sometimes some lateral moves come and then I have to choose which way to go, you know, and choosing, which in many ways it can provoke anxiety that having to choose. And at the same time, it also brings that sense of empowerment that I can choose. I can choose where to go. And something that I've been implementing lately is feeling okay with the choice that I make, knowing that the choice that I make was the right at the time, that there's not like a right choice, the one and only choice. And that's been hard. This is like a really hard journey for me because I'm the type of person that one of the songs that motivated me the most to do hard things, like when I did my small but still a triathlon, it was that song. It was the Eminem, You Only Have One Shot. So don't miss the chance to, you know, that song. And I've always believed that you only have one shot and you have to do amazing for that one shot. And I feel like that's also been a message that has been internalized as, you know, being a Boricua. There's so many titles of it. I'm just going to say Boricua. And my parents believes what they've internalized of the oppression and, on, and thinking that if you get a chance, first of all, you're lucky to get the chance. But if you get it, you have to do amazing because then you're going to lose it. And don't get me wrong. I bet that belief was founded in reality. There was so much oppression and there was so much abuse that some people only had one chance to prove someone something. The same, I remember when I read the Michelle Obama's book, Becoming, that she was talking about the pressure that she felt as being the first black family in office, like as a president, and being the first black first wife, because she said she felt the pressure of having to represent and like being the perfect black woman first president. And that part is, I feel like it's still that internalized belief because she felt all that pressure that if they didn't go good, then they were shutting the doors for everyone else. And it's a heavy, heavy thing to carry on. And again, it's founded in many truth, but at the same time, it doesn't apply to everything. There's nuances. And I was applying that to everything. It was like, I only have one shot right now with this course. I do it or I make it or, I, you know, I only have one shot with this program that I'm creating. I do it or I make, you know, I mess it up. And that was messing me up. It was not messing the everything. I mean, it was also messing the cells and everything, but it was messing me up because there was like extra pressure of having it correct and well. And I'm changing that. I'm working on changing that belief and believing that at the moment I am choosing something that is the right choice for now. And that if something is not for me, it's going to be, you know, it's going to fall off that I'm going back to my spiritual beliefs and spiritual practice, that if something is for me, it's going to come for me, that I have my angels, that I have my guardians helping and protecting me. And if something is not for me, it's going to brush up. And it could be, it's not necessarily that it's not for me because it's bad. It's just, it's not for me for now. And that trust 
has increased my sense of surrender. And the increased sense of surrender has been so healing for someone that for so long was so control freak of having to know everything. I'm pausing here because I know I've, I think I feel like I've said a lot. So I just want to pause here and give you that time to reflect of what I've said. And how is that resonating with you? Ask yourself about those internal beliefs of how you make it in life that probably were founded in facts, but that they're no longer serving you. They're actually impairing your ability to grow and connect with your purpose and what you're here to do. And that journey of exploring those habits and behavior, I feel like it also includes some grieving, some grieving of letting go of these behaviors and habits and also feeling like grieving, like you're changing, you're doing things differently from your ancestors, which in many ways, it feels like you're like diverting from them, like, like moving away. But if you really think about, you think they did those sacrifices for you to continue to the same patterns? No. And I know like that whole aspect of misery loves misery and how in many ways as human beings, sometimes it's hard and jealousy comes in the way that we feel when other people are doing things differently, especially also in families. People don't talk about it, but parents might feel jealous of their children because they're able to do the things or have the opportunity to do the things that they wanted. And sometimes they're not doing what they think they would have done with those opportunities. So then they start like arguing about it and creating resentment and creating arguments and fighting about it. And at the end of the day, we really would never would have known if they would have had those same opportunities if they would have done what they had in their mind. A lot of it is fantasies and idealizations of what they could have, but we would never know. So a lot of times when we're diverting or different, you know, differentiating ourselves from our ancestors, from our loved ones, from our caregivers, we go into those patterns of being like, whoa, I'm being different. Am I still going to be accepted? Because as a human need is acceptance and belonging. And sometimes that is hard. Sometimes we sacrifice who we are and our identities because we're afraid of being rejected or we are being rejected. So we just go back to being whoever they want to accept us. So all of that can be part of the journey of discovering and reclamation of who you are. So being extra gentle is super important. I'm still being extra gentle and things are continue to pop up. It's like I discovered this pattern of like trying not to think that there's one shot, you know, like the Eminem song for things in life. And then it comes again or something didn't work. And then I go, see, you had one shot and you didn't do it. Like it keeps coming. And of course it will because there was a moment that that was true. But right now where I am, I feel like I'm not in a survival mode. I'm not necessarily like I can create different things in my life. And if something is, again, if I close a door on something because I am trying to really be focusing on things that are in alignment solely and these other opportunities that might not be in alignment, I say no, that I trust that that was okay. And sometimes that's hard because the old parts of me will come and be like, you rejected that opportunity, but that was like in the TV or something. But it was like, yeah, but it was not along the lines of something that I want to be known for. Just because I have a P and H and a D at the end of my, you know, like credentials doesn't mean that I'm an expert in everything. Doesn't mean that I want to focus in everything. So also being mindful about what do I want to focus and what do I want to like niche. So those are a lot of different things that I'm exploring. 
with this new shift of working with psychotherapists and healers, helping them reclaim on tap their own medicinas and finding ways to get the things in the way out so they can start bringing that into the world as I'm also doing that. One of the things that has been helpful for me has been safety, like finding what feels safe for me in this exploration journey. And of course, there's going to be uncertainty and uncertainty usually for me brings like, I'm not okay, I'm not safe. But then I try to like the ambience of my office, the ambience of where I am, like I love Palo Santo and candles and essential oils and different things that are extra, but that provide that sense of comfort for me as I'm exploring this. I've also been, like I mentioned in that mastermind or that devotional leadership council. And over there, I have fellow sisters that I'm also learning to ask for help. I also connected to a fellow mastermind from my previous mastermind, and we continue to connect. And like that connection with other like-minded entrepreneurs that might get it, that are building businesses that are in alignment, that are sometimes making sacrifices of not earning enough because things are out of alignment. And that has been really hard. And I am so grateful that I'm in a privileged position that I have income coming beyond my husband as well. So I can take a little bit of a step back and actually work on being in alignment. And sometimes other other old habits come of having to do it fast, having to figure it out fast. So like that ableism that I'm also exploring because I feel like in many ways I'm a fast learner. And I feel like I'm a fast learner in many things about the online business, but it's not about the skill here. And that part is is hard. And there's a lot of skills that are completely out of my comfort zone. Like selling but selling I know is still from an alignment but like sharing what I have to offer in like packaging it other people can like make it sound grandiose but for me how I was raised but also in the profession and the indoctrination that I had as a psychologist like I usually talk to myself as less of what I am because I don't like promising things that I probably still feel like I'm not or I don't like giving like 100% guarantee that this is going to make you feel X, Y, and C, especially working with people and knowing that even though you might do a same treatment or same skills, there will be folks that that will work and there will be some that won't. So having all of that, I don't like like overselling or over, you know, promising. But that at the same time, that could be because I'm also not really being attuned with my gifts, being attuned with what I have to offer. I've been minimizing myself for so long. And again, there's many other factors that are in play here, including patriarchy as well as being identified as a woman and being socialized as a woman. So there's so many other factors that are playing a part in the difficulty of me owning who I am and feeling confident to just say, this is what I have to give. This is what I have to give. So that's something that I am working on. What I mentioned, safety, I'm really working on building rituals to foster that sense of safety so I can start sharing that. Other things that are getting in the way is the organization. And I think that's part of the, I don't feel good enough, so 
I'm going to get more like difficulties and disorganized. Plus there's pandemic, children, not enough support and all these things that I'm doing a lot. But when I go into organizing, sometimes I do have time and I find myself doing other things and I feel like there is some kind of resistance for my greatness. And the organization keeps getting in the way, like organizing the post, organizing my lunches, organizing things in my week. And I keep improving and creating automatizations and stuff like that. But I feel like I'm still behind. I feel like I'm always behind. And I know that in a way, it's an internalized piece as well in life. Because I feel graduating at 26, turned 27, several months, but graduating at 26, I felt that I was already behind in many things. And then I got my license when I was like 28. Because, you know, you have postdoc and all that. So I was almost 30 when I started working-ish. And I had all those six years of not like saving or working a lot because I had part-times and stuff like that. So I always felt like I need to make it up. I need to like work harder, run harder. I feel like I'm behind and I have to do more. And then there's also the aspect of being a Latina psychologist in the U.S. and the opportunities that I felt that have been behind and the things that I've also led to be behind. So the feeling behind has been a theme in my life that I'm also trying to work through it, becoming conscious about it and kind of like going into like, okay, that's a belief and how can we feel that this is where I need to go and using the spirituality to remember that this is where I need to be and that there's no behind, there's no forward. This is just, time is not linear technically. So like really like working through that, but that's something that continues to get in my way. And the other one is not enough support. And I know I shared that I have you know, the support that I have for the podcast, for the graphic designer, the editor and all that. And for many, they don't even have that. And I cannot imagine. So I do have some kind of support. I do have a babysitter. And even saying what I'm going to say right now feels like even shameful to be like, I feel like I don't have enough support because I know that there's people that have less. And at the same time, how I'm feeling is that I don't have enough support to bring forth all that I want to do. And also taking into consideration that I don't want to like mostly focus on my business right now because I have a little one. I have two little ones that I want to be able to also be present in their lives. So it's that fight of like, okay, I can get more support. Like maybe I can get more hours of babysitter, but do I want that? Do I want to continue being far and not interacting that much with my children? And don't get me wrong. There's days in the pandemic that I feel like I just want to work somewhere else because I work from home. So I don't, I'm not home and I don't have to deal with anything or sometimes I need a break from my children. And at the same time, I know time is passing really fast. Recently, I changed Luna to my son's car seat and I changed my son into a booster. And that felt like, whoa, she's already 18 months. It happened so fast. In several months, she'll be able to turn forward. And I'm like, whoa, for my son, I felt like it took the longest for him even change into a different car seat. And it wasn't that long. It was like, I changed him earlier than Luna, but it's just time is going fast. And at the same time, I feel like it's going so slow with everything happening. So those are some of the things that are continuing to get in the way that I'm noticing that I'm finding ways to work through it. This morning, I try to do a meditation. I exercise, I walk, I connect with people. It's always like a changing strategy. And some days it works really well. Some days it doesn't. It's just like 
this ebb and flow of being a mama of little kids, not that much family support, being away, building a business in the midst of the pandemic, which I'm grateful that I have the online knowledge, the online business knowledge, and that I had a podcast and it was all running. But at the same time, it's like, it's been so much. And those things can hold me back and be like, okay, I'll wait until things are better. And that's not what I'm saying. I'm also not saying, oh, just jump in and do it all. I am finding spaces to do this medicine of bringing, helping bring psychotherapists and healers, the medicinas, be our programs that are sustainable for me. I learned that I cannot do things on Saturdays. The six-month mentorship program, I originally started doing it on Saturdays. And I think it was okay when baby was, you know, when Luna was younger. But now that she's walking and talking and all that, I hear them and they're trying to get my attention. It's way harder for me to do things on the weekends. Also, I've been wanting to put my kids into, you know, activities on Saturdays. So in the current season of my life, I cannot do things on on a consistent basis on Saturdays or Sundays. And I'm making the peace with that. Even when I find programs for me, if I see that the timing is something like that, and it's like a consistent thing instead of just one thing, I also say not now. Not now, trusting that when the time is right, something else will show up. And going back to that trust and surrender. And creating programs and offerings that accommodate to your needs. And that's okay. I had my schedule for my prior practice around my breastfeeding schedule. Now that I'm done with the breastfeeding, I can change it a little bit. So I'm thinking of doing that as well and keep adjusting it to my current season of life in my family and personal. And that's my encouragement to all of you as you're listening to this. As you're discovering your medicina, And you might get overwhelmed because you want to do all this amazing stuff and you feel like it's either or, it's either you do everything or you do very little, to know that there's ways that you can accommodate and start small. You don't have to do it all. You can do chunks. And for people that are like me, that get the huge vision and have all these ideas, start writing them down. And the more that you hold back from like, okay, I need to do this now, I need to do this now, the do, 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 the go, 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 go mode the easier it becomes. And there's still days that I'm like, I have this idea, I need to write it down. And I go to the bathroom and just write it down if I'm with my kids or something. But before, then I would have tried to make it because I was in that survival mode running by business. And what I said at the beginning was that during this winter season, I am allowing myself also to take a little step back and analyze because we're still in this pandemic. And next year, There might be some huge transitions for me and my family. So I'm like, okay, this is happening. How can I continue to accommodate my business to my family's need? You know, how can I continue doing that? And I keep adjusting and adapting to all the changes. And that's why I took a step back. I have basically like 80% recorded and it's already more more of that, like 90% recorded and already set up for a course. But I'm like, I don't have the energy to even share about it, or I still don't know how I'm, how am I going to use it? What would be the best way that accommodates to me as well? And giving me that time to, okay, I have this. I've never had a full product before even announcing it, giving it time to simmer, giving it time to like lay there and ideas keep flowing until I feel that internal nudge that now is the time. And that (laughs) 
my Lidiana three years ago would feel so proud and scared that I'm saying that because it would be like, just go and do it. If you already have it, why aren't you selling it? Why aren't you announcing it? Why aren't you creating the sales? But why aren't because I'm giving myself time and grace. And again, it's really hard. Right now I'm saying it and it sounds like so easy. And I know it's hard, but I feel like it's so important. And I wanted to share that not from like, oh, wow, she's doing all that, but more so like, this is where I am. And because this podcast is about the journey of reclamation of where we are and where we're going to know an example of someone that is in the midst of changing habits. And hopefully that can inspire you that if you've been thinking of changing a habit, that that can inspire that is possible for you as well. And it doesn't have to be my way or somebody else's way. It can be your own way. That's my hopes with the message in here. And thank you for listening again. Thank you for listening. I wish you all have a calm and nourishing winter season. There's still more episodes coming. I just wanted to do this pause and do a little solo episode. By the way, stay tuned for next episode, which I'm going to release it in a different day. It's going to be a winter solstice, the 21st of December instead of a Thursday. It's going to be a Tuesday because it's very special. But also, the other piece that I was going to say is my ask for you is to help me spread the word. If you feel, and I've got several messages of people responding to specific episodes and they're sending it to me. You know how it works with this kind of online world, podcast and everything. If you share that same thing as a feedback, as a review on iTunes, that's also going to help me too. And I don't know how Google Podcasts or Spotify work, but if you share a review that helps for their algorithm to put me a little bit higher and put this podcast, not me, it's put this podcast and the voices that are being interviewed here higher so other people can benefit as well, especially other psychotherapists and healers that are in this journey and feel alone. So that's my ask for you, that if this podcast or any episode has been very dear to your heart, to please review it, share it, rate it, and yeah, let us know. Also, if you've been wanting to be a guest here, please send us an email. The email is down here in the show notes. You know where to find us. I am looking for a guest for 2022. And it, you don't have to be at the end. <laughs> this episode is, I'm not at the end or like at the, yeah, the end line at all. I'm still in between. And that's okay. That's part of the journey. I'm not looking for perfect lives. I'm not looking for people that have it all figured out. I'm looking for people that are, are in the journey and want to share about it because those are the stories that sometimes, I would say not sometimes, that mostly get the most resonated when you're still in the midst of it and you're sharing from that heart. So that's my message for you. Thank you again for listening. Until next week, please stay tuned for the Winter Solstice episode. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. Licensed Psychologist Now What? To make sure you don't miss any episode, make sure to subscribe via your favorite podcast player and to join our email list via our website. Lastly, I will appreciate if you would rate and review our podcast to help us reach more folks that can benefit from the information provided here. Until next time, bye-bye.